Get fast access to breaking news by signing up now to Black Press Media's free newsletters and stay informed with all the latest news delivered directly to your inbox. You'll have access on any device so you never have to miss out again on the information you need to know. Welcome to Off the Page, a weekly podcast by the Comox Valley Record. I'm Erin Halischuk, a journalist with The Record. Join me as we take a deeper look at the people and stories in the Comox Valley. Walk With Me is the arts-based community action project at the Comox Valley Art Gallery. It seeks to uncover the human dimensions of the overdose crisis. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Sharon Karsten, the project director of the Art Gallery and project coordinator, Sam Franey, the director of community development, and Darcy Honey, the cultural safety advisor for Walk With Me. Since it was labeled a provincial emergency in 2016, illicit drug toxicity deaths have totaled more than 7,500 around the province. Walk With Me seeks to uncover the human dimensions of the overdose crisis as it has unfolded locally in the Comox Valley and beyond. Looking at how the project first started and how it came together, when did you first hear about the project and, and how did the idea get started? A couple years ago, I was director of the Comox Valley Art Gallery, and we had witnessed a huge impact of the toxic drug poisoning crisis on our community. So people in our programs, youth, artists with whom we worked, and people living outside the gallery. And we wanted to know what an art gallery could do to make change. And so we connected with Thompson Rivers University, a research institute. I'm also a community-engaged researcher. And we connected with AVI, Health and Community Services, and with other partners. Together, we developed this project. And so the project really just intends to reduce harm and to reduce stigma attached to this crisis and to create community change and systems change. And how did you decide, based on that, what the best format to present to the public would be? It it all happened organically. So we worked as a team to collect the stories and in a very sort of community-based format, along with food and often music. People brought their guitars and shared very personal experiences of the impact of this crisis. And Sam, maybe you can speak to this, but how did you decide who to speak to and how did that process work? Um, I think Sharon, you should take that because I kind of came in when we were doing this. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to share these stories with people who could make change. And so every time we walk through the city uh, with the stories, we finish up at the art gallery or at at a central place and we host a sharing circle. And that sharing circle is a powerful way to connect people who have responsibility for budgets and policy people with lived experience of this crisis. We wanted to create a bridge between people who are in the midst of this crisis now and people who are making decisions on their behalf. How many people did you speak to in the course of collecting the stories and collecting the audio? We had about 50 participants in the Comox Valley and about 65 in Campbell River who were participating in the research. But then the sharing out of that research through the walks and the circles. We had over 500 people in the Comox Valley and similar in Campbell River who came out and participated in the walks. And I know one of the things that I know about the project is you speak a lot about cultural mapping. For somebody who doesn't know what that is, can you explain what cultural mapping is? 
Cultural mapping is really just deep storytelling. So it's looking beyond the surface to ask questions around how things impact people's lives and their communities. Sometimes cultural mapping has a geographic dimension to it. And for us, the act of walking calls forth that dimension because this crisis does play out in the streets of the city, in alleyways, in buildings, but it's not, it's not as direct as that. The walking is more a way to experience the stories uh, than it is a reference to an actual geographic location. In the course of collecting the stories, was there anything that really surprised you? Maybe you weren't expecting in the process of collecting the stories? I think from the perspective of people that gave their stories, it's had a massive positive impact on, on their lives. I myself got involved with this project when I was still on the streets, when I was still struggling to get any length of time clean and sober, stay clean and sober and, and try and get my life back in order. And I didn't really see the value in what my experiences held and the, the, the knowledge that's within them until I was asked by Sharon and Nadine to come and give my story. And then shortly after that, I was asked to be a part of the team going forward. And for myself, it's changed my life completely. I hear my voice in this, the audio from when I gave my story and I'm really quiet and kind of really mellow and depressed. And that's not me at all now. And, and you know, I now see the value in what I've been through and what the knowledge I have from that and what can change because of it. She completely changed my life because of the, that kind of power that's within me. I've, I've, I'm housed now. I have a child. I'm working at all these different jobs, and I'm I'm trying many different ways to, to use my voice to make a change and to, to be heard. And I know a lot of other people that have given their stories are in the same boat. A lot of them have started peer-led projects on themselves with different organizations, and a lot of them have started joining different organizations and, and, and truly using their voice to make change for, for themselves and for those around them. Yeah, I struggled with addiction for almost 25 years, and I'd been living for on the streets for five years by the time I, I got involved with this project. And through all of that, I'd always tried to get my life organized and sort of stuff out, but I'd, I'd always do it in silence and try and do it by myself. That never worked. And so once I was able to share what I'm going through, and particularly with a group such as this that are completely understanding and completely caring about what we have to say, and just the way they receive everyone's stories and everyone's presence gave me the courage and the strength, the power to finally make a change in my life, which is amazing. Darcy, can you tell me what is a cultural safety coordinator and how does that fit into the larger project? As a First Nations Aboriginal coming, I come from a little community in Ontario named Beaver House First Nations. I've always had the care in my heart to, to look after people, to, to make sure people are safe and be a protector of my culture and our people and, and just everybody around me. So when I came to the program as a cultural safety coordinator, I'm looking after people's emotions and just being there in the support of so when people are having a hard time and need somebody to reach out to, a lot of the times people have a hard time reaching out to somebody, which makes it a little easier in the aspect of the, the Aboriginal people, myself included in my prior history, I had a hard time communicating with people that I had a hard time relating or that I couldn't relate with me. So bring forth to that with the program and a lot of people feel comfortable with me. Yeah, it's a blessing to be part of it and to, to have that position in the program. And how did you connect initially with Sharon or with the project? How did that come about? Well, that was at a murdered and missing Indigenous peoples rally. I've been going to those because of the, the George Floyd incident, other incidents, and just wanting to make change in the world. 
for a long time, I was really selfish about the way I did things and kind of took care of me, and that was about it. I got to the point in my life, I'm like, you know, I, I really want to do more for the community and for our people and just for all people. That's not just Native people, just all people. And so I started putting myself in these programs, being a face and a voice for people in vulnerable situations that didn't have a voice or couldn't speak. I met Sharon. She told me a little bit about what the walk with me and, and what they did with the art gallery. I was like, wow, I really love what you guys are doing. I think it's amazing. I was able to see a bigger picture with the program when I, when we first talked. It just felt right that I reached out and said, you know, like it would be nice to be able to come with you and see what you guys do. And then the next thing you know, we were having a meeting with all the, the Walk With Me team that's in, here we are. Searching for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. What's been the feedback like from the community? I know recently politicians have joined in on one of the walks from community members, from anybody around town. What has that been like? It's been amazing. I work with the Kwisa in Campbell River. So a lot of the people that we had with the walk with me go there and, and utilize that uh, program. And the feedback is, is like, when is Walk With Me coming back? Like, I love you guys. And the love was there literally the, the second or third time people were starting to say with their hearts, thank you so much for what you guys do. Like, it's, you give us meaning and you give us a purpose. There was quite a few participants that would actually stay clean to be able to be part of the program because they were saying to me that they didn't want to get high. They didn't want to drink. They didn't want to be under the influence. They wanted to be straight fully into it. And with the walks, it really made a huge difference in quite a few of those lives. I can tell you right now, I know three of them that were in the walks with us that had substance use and abuse with drugs all the time, every day. And now they are in treatment centers and they're doing amazing. They look better. They look great. They're so happy. And the feedback of that is it was from Walk With Me is what really gave me the courage to step on that next stone to become a better person. So so what is then the next step for the Walk With Me project? Obviously, it's going into Campbell River community now. Where do you go from here? It feels like we are a tree with multiple branches coming out at the same time. And so what we are doing is listening deeply. So right now we have very strong connections in the Comox Valley and in Campbell River. And each of those places, we're working with organizations, with individuals, government, to try to create change on this issue. And so in the Comox Valley, there's a huge demand for policy change. And so we're honored to be working with the substance use strategy to create a second tier of policy there's just been a first policy report issued by that committee. And we're looking at mapping the gaps in our local systems because we've heard very clearly that there are gaps between, so when somebody wants to go into detox, for instance, how long does it take from when they express that desire to when it actually happens? What happens after people come out of detox and what supports are provided? There's major gaps that we've been witness to in our work. And so we want to more clearly define those so we can start flagging them as important to work on in different policy domains. So that's our next project in the Comox Valley. 
And at the same time, we're working in Campbell River on a much more kind of grassroots level anti-stigma stuff. We want to continue these walks starting in March in Campbell River, but we also have been working on some tiny home concepts given what we've heard from the community there around needing to get out of puddles, first of all, and needing to just find ways to be physically safe. And so in each community, systems change means something very different. And so we're, we're really listening to the cultural leaders and the leaders in the communities that we're working in to see what the next steps are in each place. But also to say that we've been invited out to Gold River and we would like to go into more communities up north and some of these rural remote communities have very little in the way of support and very little in the way of direct action. And Sam um, and Darcy, yeah. maybe you can join in too. Where would you like to see the project go next and, and how would you like to have an impact or a role in that? I would always hear about VHA being this big machine and, uh, you know, and, and I've had my fair share of experiences, pretty much all of them being bad ones, of hospitals all across this country, especially as an addict or as a homeless person. There are usually, there's a lot of problems there. And so shortly after we launched the program in the Comox Valley, we did connect with VHA and those connections were amazing. And since then, I think this entire year, we have been going into hospitals all across this island and bringing these walks there and doing walks with emergency room staff and different doctors and nurses throughout from different departments and kind of working to change stigma. And I would love to see that continue and that to grow hesitancy from people that are struggling with addiction and mental health and, and the homelessness of going to the hospital when they, they need to for the help that they need and staying there because of people's stigmas and the structure of the hospital system as a whole. So I think Project has the right stuff to make a big change within a structure like that. But besides that, I want to see this everywhere. I want to see this go provincial. I want to see this go, you know, <laughs> national. Where would I see this going? It is so important. It's as somebody that struggled with addiction myself and homelessness and people need this help. You know, they need this program. They want the program and to be able to feel part of something, you know, you can't really ask for much more than that. It's on a heart basis level and that just goes so far. I would like to see it across Canada and also international, like across the States and because it's not just Canada, it's not just the little little towns that need it, it's sometimes it's everywhere. We all need it in some way of form or another. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That's this edition of Off the Page, produced by the Comox Valley Record. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. Email us at offthepage at comoxvalleyrecord.com. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media.